From Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan, I'm John Bomarito. This is Acoustic Alternatives, the podcast that's been, uh, well, showing people about music maybe they haven't heard. Uh, maybe they uh, are discovering new artists from this. That's kind of the point of why I do this. I've been bringing in artists from the local music scene here in Michigan and taking advantage of uh, touring musicians passing through the area. Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket's been here. Brian Vanderick of the Verve Pipe's been here. And today I've got a newcomer, at least to me, and I was uh, unaware of her until I was reached out to by her management. Uh, she was playing the Ark in Ann Arbor, my favorite venue. Unfortunately, I had to make the show last night. Uh, the up-and-coming singer. It doesn't really fit neatly into one category unless somebody's <laughs> invented indie pop singer-songwriter <laughs> Somewhere with the rock edge in there when I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Leah Marlene is here. Good morning, Leah. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I was I was uh, reading about you and watching some video and going, this is going to be an interesting interview. She <laughs> she is a fun person. I can just tell from not even being in the room with her. But uh, an interesting backstory. Despite your age, you have certainly lived a life already. You've recently released a new track called Feel Like, which I imagine at some point during the interview we will hear. I don't know which one you want to start with, but let's just go right into a song. All right. What song do you want to do? Um, well, I will say, Feel Like is a little bit difficult to play, just me acoustically. That's okay. So if anything, that might need to be just teased. Direct uh, people to the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Um, but uh, I can start, I'll start with a familiar one. Okay. Um, this was the single I released before Feel Like. This was one that I released um, on when I was on American Idol, and um, it was really beautiful because if there was any song that I got to release on such a high platform, it would have been this one. Um, and it ended up touching a lot of people's lives in a similar way that it touched mine. And it's been beautiful to see the journey that this song has taken. It's called Flowers. Even the pavement gives way 
was great warm it up that morning boys i've heard the song you know it's fully produced version and i've seen you play a little bits of it here and there but that was the best the best i've heard that song oh thank you that's with like virtually no warm-up completely caught off guard like (laughs) wow thank you so much very impressive i mean that that's really the heart of how the song was made and so i think it's always has the most heart to it when i when it's just stripped back to that That's great. Thanks Thank for doing you. that. Thanks for doing that. All right, let's back up. Let's go back to, I mean, okay. you're not that old to begin with. Let's just back up to a younger you. Before you were born, <laughs> among my favorite bands in the uh, 1984, 1985 bands, Honeymoon Hell Suite, maybe yeah. a band you've heard of. I don't know if you've heard of Honeymoon Suite, perhaps. <laughs> uh, I actually think one of their songs, What Does It Take, would sound great sung by you. Ooh, interesting. Just because you know, it's got a big vocal. My next show, we're actually playing... Um, with them, which is going to be fun. This whole tour has been uh, just uh, my dad's actually playing in my band, but um, uh, we, it's should, just we been... should fill them in. On oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. We'll we'll go back. You go ahead. Well, I mean, you can say that, but uh, we haven't said that your father is the guitarist of this band. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's important. you know that. I know that people watching that are fans of what I normally do probably don't know that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just kind of funny to, to run across uh, the you know, a child of somebody whose band I was a huge fan of and still enjoy their music. I just, I mean, they haven't been releasing too much new music as of late. So it was cool to, to stumble into a very talented daughter of one of the members. Well, thank you. I'm very excited that you're uh, you're out doing there. Does that mean that you were born in Canada? Because I know that... Yeah, I was born in Toronto and I grew up there until I was like three. And then I moved to Illinois. And that's where really my whole life took place until college. Did you have dual citizenship? Yeah, then? I actually have my Irish citizenship too. Because my grandpa was Irish. Nice. So, <laughs> well, then that might explain what I've learned that you actually like hockey, which is a pretty common thing for people oh, from yeah. Canada. Oh yeah. Did that come from being part of the Canadian culture for a little while? I mean, you were pretty. You young know, now. I don't know. Like my brother started playing, and I would just go to the rink, and then I really wanted to play. So, um, but I definitely think like the origin of of us playing hockey in my family came from our Canadian roots for sure. Um, but yeah, we just go to the rink, and my brother would play, and I always just dreamed of getting out there on the ice. And so, not too long after, I started and became very quickly obsessed with it. And you played goalie, if I remember, from a previous yeah. interview. Yeah. How does <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? I think it was like the goalie, like goalies, okay, you have the gear, you have all the fun gear that you can customize. They're kind of like on their own, like they're like the, the, the stars of the show and they like make their flashy saves. And I don't know, it was, it was something about being like different than the rest of the team. <laughs> I think that probably attracted me to it. I just was obsessed with goaltending. I loved it so much. 
What was your favorite team growing up then? Um, okay, it went a little all over the map. It started with the Red Wings. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. We're in a good place for me to say that. Um, and then... And then I liked the Rangers. I liked Lundqvist a lot. Like I liked teams based on their goalies. Pittsburgh, I loved because I loved Flurry. Um, and then the Canadians, uh, I loved Carey Price. Um, and yeah, but I was never like a Hawks fan, Blackhawks, which was what every who who everybody loved where I was from. So and the fact that I was a Wings fan for a while was like the like rival of the Hawks where I was controversial. From. Yeah, a bit for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Did you ever consider anything besides music as a career when you were a kid? Um, not really, except for hockey. Like when I was really into hockey, I was like, this is, I want to take this thing to the Olympics. Like I was ready to go. Um, so yeah, that was really the only other change up. But I think in my mind, I mean, music was always going to be there and it was still a part of like when I, when I'd hang out with uh, my team. I was on like an all guys team for most of the time, Um, but I'd bring my guitar to every tournament and we'd always like, I would jam and it was still always very present during the hockey era, but I was definitely more obsessed with hockey at that time than music. Very well. Did you have a backup plan? Like, did you want to be a vet in case music didn't work out? Because not everybody gets to make it into music, you know that. No, no backup plan. (laughs) I still don't. Okay, I was going to say what? I think that was like, I, that's the really interesting thing about like growing up. I just never really grew out of it. And I think it's because I had my dad where I could see the reality of it all. What could happen. And, um, and just what it's like in the day to day. And I had a much more clear path of, of how does this business actually work from somebody that's been through it, even though it's changed a lot. Um, so I think that, I think that helped a lot. And I've always just been like weirdly, weirdly like hyper driven um and very entrepreneurial and very determined like to make things happen um and be creative so was it your father who inspired you to play music or were you listening to other bands and other artists and made you go god i'd love to do that i mean i just grew up around a house full of instruments so i naturally was very inclined to just touch all them and make noises on them and was very fascinated uh, on that from a young age. So in a way that would be because of my dad filling the house with instruments. Um, But that's really what like started me was just making like noises, just like going like that on a guitar when I'm like two years old or like Mm. plunking around on the piano. And then, um, and then eventually I, I wanted to like learn and, and take lessons and stuff. Do you only play guitar or do you play other instruments well? Um, I only play guitar like well. In front of um, people? But I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can plunk around on a lot of other things. I produce music too. So like when you're producing, you can get away with being really bad at a lot of instruments, but then editing them to make it sound like you're really good at them. So um, I can I can make my way around on a lot, but I've not really sat down and and sharpened my skills on anything else but guitar. Fair enough. Well, you briefly mentioned this, uh, you glazed over because I wasn't quite ready to get there yet, but you're fine. Uh, Katy Perry said, honey, you are not normal after hearing that you're from normal Illinois. Um, <laughs> did you know, are you familiar with the Ben Fold song called Effington? Yes. Okay. Because they yeah, mentioned yeah. Normal, yeah. Normal. yeah, that's what everybody, that's what a lot of people say. Any Ben Folds fans, if I say normal Illinois, they're like. 
back to normal. <laughs> ah, great album. Well, your musical c- release career anyway started in 2014 with a track called Someday. We've got some <laughs> singles and EPs, yeah. Past Inevitable in 2016, the Arrow EP, which is among my, whoops, I'll put that up to a camera. I just dropped it, but oh, Arrow, Arrow EP came oh, out my gosh, in 2018. Flashback. Adore You in 2019, Spacesuit and Today and the Space Between EP that came out in 2020. And then uh, Many Colors, oh, Many Colors is here, sorry, uh, self-produced from last year. So this is where you are so far. Where are we going? Are we going yeah. for another EP, a full-length record? What is on the horizon um, for you? So we've been we've been throwing around a lot of things. That, um, I've been writing like crazy and really digging into what the next pocket of sound is, go- where it's going to land. Um, and so I think it's hard because I do write in a lot of different genres or however you want to say it, like in a lot of different so- sonic spaces. But you have to... Um, in this business, like think about, okay, the strategy for like a consumer to be able to digest this, you like, can I jump all over the place or do we need to like narrow down or like, where's the in between and all of that. So I have a lot of songs that kind of cover a lot of bases. And so I've been figuring out how to package them in a way that is like really, um, I don't know, just like easy, not easy to digest, but just like approachable, um, and strategic for like, uh, for my career, I guess. So, um, I'm thinking that, uh, I'm just going to be rolling out singles for a while, but I, I, um, just yesterday was, was, uh, thinking about like, I think I want to do, uh, an EP with those singles. So that's probably the next thing. I don't think it'll be an album yet because right now is really like the developing of the, very specific sound of where I'm going to land and just testing out some things. And then um, I think after we roll out a few projects and stuff, then it'll be album time. I've always been an album person, so it's really hard for me not to do like an album. Uh, But I think it'll be a really good move to do some shorter form things first. You're a bit younger than I am. And uh, this is an easier (laughs) question to ask somebody of my age, but because you probably might not have an answer to this, but what was the first album you bought? Did you buy a physical release or did you buy a digital release? Or have you always just been a streamer? Um, Because you're a different... Oh, well, okay, well, like, I didn't buy it because I was too young, but um, I think, like, the Kelly Clarkson album with, like, Since You've Been Gone and all that was, like, the first, like, yeah, something like that was definitely the first um, album that really impacted me as, as a kid. I mean, I was like five, um, or four or yeah, probably like four or five. I have, I have like, um, cassette tapes of me, like singing along to the karaoke on my like jam box, uh, of that album. It's really funny, but yeah. It just seems like for a different generation, that's an easy question because they had to buy an album to hear it, right? Yeah. You, you couldn't just play it from the website. Yeah. Or and whatever. then I do, I do remember I bought, Tori Kelly's on, I brought, bought Tori Kelly's entire discography on iTunes, uh, but a s- specifically Unbreakable Smile was like the new album. Um, that was like my freshman year of high school and I was obsessed for a long time with, with her discography. I kind of asked that because you've, you've gone out of your way to put out physical releases, which a lot of people, again, aren't doing. And I appreciate this. This is how I consume music the best in my personal really? world. Well, I'm, That's amazing. I, I still have a CD player in my car. I know. See, a lot of people don't. <laughs> and don't. it's so sad. It is, really. Because this is, I mean, to read the liner notes and see who played on what. I know. And the writing credits and all the things. Yeah, that I, I hate that. It's like, 
there are some credits on like Spotify, which I'm so glad that there are at least a few, but there's so many more people that aren't represented in those credits. And I wish that I could like have those full liner notes attached to the individual songs on the streaming platforms, but nothing beats a physical copy. I love physical CDs. I still have a CD player in my car. Um, and for like my, I think like my uh, junior and senior year of high school, like that was mainly what I would listen to. I just take old CDs that my parents had and put them in. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just a different experience. I agree. Well, we were just talking about what's coming next. Are you ready to try one of your new songs for me? Sure. Let's see. I think um, I'm going to play a song called Tomorrow. No, do it today, please. <laughs> We're here right now. Don't do it tomorrow. I got to work. Um, <laughs> but it's a sweet little love song. And uh, yeah, all right. I haven't played these without my band in a while. It feels so raw. Flowers left on my front porch Singing brandy, doing chores Catch my eye across the room Laughing how I look at you Like a movie that I've often seen But thought was just a distant dream You have me in disbelief that someone could be made for me
started off as just a glimmer Now I see the bigger picture Somehow you make me consider Tomorrow you love me So freely You make me Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. These are good. <laughs> you just doing this is great. Thank you. you. Just like just strip it down to what your your basics and your your voice really stands out. I mean, not that the production is is like bad or anything on these, but this really shines. Oh yeah. Makes you shine. This, Thank this you so you, much. <laughs> hoping you're taking that as like, oh, the production's what I want to sound like. No, you sound great <laughs> oh, without the I know, production. I know, I'm not offended. Don't All worry. Right. So, <laughs> So you went to Belmont in Nashville, and yeah. you, you dropped out. What were you taking at Belmont? That, Songwriting. Songwriting, okay. I wasn't sure if maybe it was production, because I know that was something you were involved in. Yeah. What caused you to drop out? Um, well, basically, I lost myself like pretty early, like within the first week at, of being at Belmont, mm-hmm. and um, I really like mentally crashed by my second semester there. It was like like rock bottom, rock bottom. Um, it was really bad, and I, I, but Belmont was always my dream. I worked so hard to be able to go there for years in high school. Like my entire high school experience was geared towards like resume building so I could get scholarships to afford to go there. Um, And so like my whole life for three or four years is like focused on like this thing that is finally happening now. And now I'm crashing and burning. Um, And so I didn't want to give up after the first year, even though like I probably should have, but I'm glad that I didn't. And, um, and so I still did another semester and yet another semester. So I did four semesters there. Um, and, uh, I just couldn't get better. Like I couldn't heal, um, and like be okay while I was still in that environment. And I really just needed to remove myself from that environment so that I could like come back to myself. So yeah, that was really the, that was really the reason. And genuinely it was, it was the best decision I ever made. And I knew in the moment too, like I wasn't like, I, as soon as I made the decision within like a week or two, like I, um, I really did come back to myself in a weirdly quick way. I am so sorry. Laundry. What the heck? Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and yeah, so I knew pretty immediately that it was the best decision I could have made for my well-being. And um, and I didn't know what I was going to do when I dropped out, but I knew that I'd figure it out. You did. 
Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you figured it out. I sure did. Uh, I forgot to mention, as you came out of the song, I have to thank uh, Grove Studios, where we're at. Uh, Grove Studios is a, a studio in Ypsilanti, Michigan. If you're passing through the area or you're in the Ann Arbor, Detroit area, and you're looking for a place, like, for instance, maybe you were going to start your tour at, uh, at the Ark. You might need to warm your band up somewhere. I will show you later. There's a really nice room at the end there of the hall. There you go. It's full band size. You can come in here, make all the noise you want, not annoy the neighbors. And there's another studio. It's a little smaller for smaller combos right across the hall from that. So this is a place to get out of your garage and get into the studio. And again, Ann Arbor Ipsy-based people, this is a, a fine spot to do that. And there's also apparently a podcast studio in here because I've been doing a podcast for <laughs> almost three years. There's also a DJ room across the hall and somebody's going to be in there in a little while. So we got to get out of here before he gets in there because we'll <laughs> hear him otherwise. <laughs> but anyway, it's a cool place. So Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, check them out if you get a chance. All right, we'll back up a little bit again for me personally before you were born. My first girlfriend in high school, who was also a Honeymoon Suite fan, by the way. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. It is. Uh, we had our song. I'm sure you know, most couples have their our song thing. And uh, it was a song from 1983 called Hello by this guy. I'm not sure if you know. He used to sing in the Commodores. Uh, his name is Lionel Richie. And then at some point, you find yourself in front of him and Katy Perry singing songs and doing a, a, an audition for American Idol. Did you yeah. have any idea how that was going to go? Um, no. And the whole process to even like deciding to audition was like, it was the last, it was the last thing genuinely that I was even going to come near at that time in my life. Cause it was right after I dropped out and I just wanted to travel the world and escape and find myself and just be a little like nomad for yeah. a while. Um, and really like distance myself from the commercial industry and the hustle culture of it all. And just all of that. Um, but it came to me and I had a weird gut feeling. And so I just was like, let's just do it for fun and like for the experience and not expect anything out of it. I know that I have a gift that I love and like this is not going to determine its value. Like however this goes, it's a reality TV show. So let's just like, I think I think it'll be fun to see just how this thing works and maybe meet some cool people. So um, I went through the producer auditions and then um, and then yeah, it came time to audition for the judges and I I feel like I I had I had like a good feeling just because I I wasn't putting any pressure on the outcome. So like I don't think my good feeling was that they were going to like love me. I think it was just that like, this is really fun. And regardless of what happens, I'm, I think I'll be glad that I did it. Um, and yeah, I knew it was going to either be like hit or miss because it was either going to be like, I'm a great fit for the show or I'm like, definitely not what they want. Yeah. And it ended up being, um, a hit. So I just, I just got really lucky on that one. And, um, and yeah, the, the whole experience was so fun, but yeah, that audition, um, I was kind of I was on another level uh, for that because I had it like communicated with, I haven't, I hadn't been around people at that point for like a long time. That was my first like social endeavor for like, um, since I dropped out of college. So I was just like so hyped yeah. to be around people again and then be doing this really exciting thing. And third place, not so bad, really. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's still crazy to me, but honestly, it's a game. It's a game of luck. I, I definitely worked really hard and have like things that I bring to the table, but so do a lot of other people that were never even aired. And so I just got really lucky in that like reality TV system to be one of the golden children of that season and to kind of be chosen to be aired a lot. And then for people to really buy into my story. So, um, I feel very, very lucky for that. Cause it's really changed my life. I'm sure. It was a fun journey. Yeah, it was. 
previous guests on the podcast included Laith El Sadi, who did, I think, third place finish on The Voice uh, eight or so years ago. And then last night on The Voice, uh, Grace West took second place. Oh, she amazing. Was Grace Rambinski, one of my first five guests on the podcast. No way. She's from um, nearby town, Canton, Michigan. So it's kind of kind of nice to see these little, you know, watch her go from she, when she hadn't changed her name yet to taking second place on a show yeah. like that. So I'm sure a lot of folks from your town felt the same way. Oh, were, yeah. Were you ready for the craziness when they declared your own day? Oh, my God. Live in? No, nothing <laughs> could have prepared me for that. You're you're moving at like a million miles per hour at that point. Every every week of the show is like five years of your career. Like, But like you're just like climbing so quickly. Um, and so it just kind of all happens. And um, that hometown visit was the most... genuinely surreal day of my life. Like, I don't think I had really, um, I don't think I'd really experienced what it was like to experience something surreal in such an extreme way until that hometown visit. It was like, it was just happening in front of me. And I was like, I was like, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) Um, And I really like was I'm almost so disconnected because it was just so unbelievable to me. Um, But that's why I'm so glad that there's an incredible edit of it um, that the idol people put together. Because when I watch that, I can relive it and digest it a little bit more. Um, But it was, yeah, that was probably the craziest day of my life. People chanting your name. That's got to be weird. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the whole entire town like in downtown in a parade, like just for me to drive in a car through. And then, um, and then the amount of people that were there at the show, literally for me to play like a few songs with the, uh, with the barely having a voice after the full day of like yelling, Hey, to people out yeah. cars. Um, yeah, that was nuts. And my whole high school came out and did a thing for me, my entire junior high school, my entire elementary school, um, and just a bunch of important people and friends and just everybody in my life was there that day celebrating me like nobody ever gets to experience what that's like. And so, yeah, it's really crazy. Well, congratulations on your success. That's cool. Thank you. Something you said earlier makes me feel safe to say this. A friend of mine said, quote, I'm not interested in winning at singing. I sing for a living. So in all honesty, I already win at singing. Mm. You said something earlier that kind of alluded to it didn't really matter how you did. You were just going to do it for the fun of it. Yeah. What if you hadn't done it? Would you still be trying to tour and play venues? Oh, like yeah. Like- I mean, I've been, as you know, like with my releases and stuff, I've been doing this forever. I've been, yeah. I've been playing professionally since I was like eight years old. And so that's what I was doing. I was chasing the in- independent route. And genuinely right now I'm doing the exact same exact same thing I was doing before the show I just have a lot more people that are aware of what I'm doing more opportunities to play better rooms yeah yeah exactly and that's that's like the life-changing thing about it is is having that audience and and having you know a little bit um being kind of at a little bit of the next level from being on a show like that that gives me some more opportunity but really what I'm doing is not much different than what I was doing before. And um, I would pretty much be doing a similar thing now, uh, but I probably wouldn't be like doing it full time because um, I wouldn't have, you know, reached that point yet. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's the, <laughs> like having the audience um, from Idol and being able to support myself doing music full time is like the, the two most life changing things that I got out of that show. That's great. Um, so, so, Doing it full time means that you're performing on the road regularly. And how much time do you commit to songwriting? Because that's part of your job, really. Yeah, no, that's that's the main that is the main thing. So um, I 
It depends. It depends on the season. Like if I'm touring, I'm I'm not writing a lot because I have to keep my voice intact. So I'm really trying to save my voice for just the shows because they're pretty demanding. Um, but when I'm not on the road, I'm writing anywhere from like two to six times a week, like co-write sessions. So usually, like I'll I'll. The magic number for me is like four times a week. Um, if it's any more than that, I start to, you know, the quality of my uh, ideas and stuff diminish. If I'm writing for me, uh, but if I'm writing for other people, then it's more helping that co- have their visions come to life. I can write more. But for me, I, I usually like write my best stuff if I'm writing four, three or four times a week in co-writing sessions and then really it's a lot of business I mean I'm on my computer from from nine to five like every day that I'm not writing and it's it's it is a it is a full job um being an independent artist so um yeah it's definitely I definitely work well more than 40 hours a week like an office job um so it's split between a lot of things so songwriting is kind of a Task task might not be the right word, but you do it as a thing. Like it doesn't, you don't wait for inspiration to come to you. No. Go, Today I'm going to write something, and then yeah. you try and think, what can I write about? So that's exactly. Your yeah, it's it's uh, it's a job, and um, and I I mean I just I co-write a lot, so I schedule things with people months out, and even just like the scheduling itself takes its yeah. own time, and you got to sit down and make sure like every like two weeks that you're like building out your calendar for the next like few weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something that is very intentional. It's on my calendar. I'm like 11 a.m. I'm going to go and I'm going to write a song. I have no idea what it's going to be. Nice. Sometimes I have no ideas that I'm bringing, but I'm with this other person. We're going to figure it out. You're doing that in Nashville or in normal? Yeah. Okay. Nah, <laughs> definitely in Nashville. <laughs> There's not probably much of a music scene in normal, is there? Well, they're actually, you'd be surprised. There is a very, very li- great little like music community in that central Illinois area. And the town really does support artists. There's lots of opportunity to um, play uh, around town, but there's not, uh, there's not like a, a deep well of, of co-writers and okay. normal. That's for sure. Fair enough. Well, you mentioned your dad is in your uh, band. He's playing bass, right? Yeah. Why not guitar? Um, well, uh, my guitar player, Matt is like my second brain on guitar. My dad, like he plays 80s rock and yeah. yeah, he can play some other things, but if he's on guitar, he's gonna, it's gonna sound like Honeymoon <laughs> Suite meets Leah Martlene. Um, whereas Matt very much compliments my sound and is just incredible. And, um, and yeah, so that's why Matt's on guitar and really like, uh, to be honest, it was just a financial decision to have him in the band because I, cause he's my dad, so I'm not paying him. Um, and he's just with me and, and, uh, and Thanks, because, man. yeah, I know I'm so grateful. Um, because like, it's really expensive to tour as an independent artist. So you gotta like, you gotta, you gotta cut cast where yeah. you can. So, but it's fun for him. He loves it. And, um, we have done so much on the road together, whether it was hockey or music, that it's really fun to just be doing this. And I know that like, he would much rather be here than uh, sitting in his basement studio, you know, in normal Illinois. Um, so I think he's really enjoying it too. Is this your first full band tour? Yeah. So this is the first time you're experiencing how much does it cost? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did you meet the rest of the band? Um, so Matt, my guitar player, um, is from the Chicago area and he played with another local act named Dan Hubbard, um, like another like central Illinois act. Um, and so I found him through Dan. I had seen him play with Dan a few times and I was like, I'm trying not to cuss on this. I was like, holy cow. It's not radio. Oh, okay. Um, If you have to swear, swear. (laughs) 
Thank you for being conscious. Of yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I was just blown away. I was just blown away by his playing. And when it came time for me to like get my band together um, for this really big hometown show that I had, I I hit up Dan uh, actually for a bass player first, and mm. um, and asked like who his bass player was, and then he was like, you should also hire Matt. And at that point, I was like, oh, I'll just have my dad play guitar, whatever. Um, but I'm so glad that I hired Matt because it really just like brought my sound to a whole nother level. So that's how I met Matt was through Dan. And then Corey, I had met through, um, another Nashville artist named, uh, Gabrielle Grace, who is incredible. You should check her out if you haven't. Um, but she's one of those people that like, she just attracts the most incredible people around her and has the most beautiful community of people. I met so many lovely musicians and humans through her. And so, um, I met Corey, like just by seeing him on her Instagram and I checked out his stuff and I was like, this guy rocks. And, uh, we first started our first like collaboration of any sorts was when I was still in Illinois. I had not met him in person. Um, and he did some programming on by the wind, which is a song off of many colors, my last album. And so that was kind of my first experience with him. And then after idol, um, I went to Nashville immediately and started writing and I wrote with him for the first time. Um, and we co-write a lot, um, now, but, uh, it was apparent, like within the very first song that we wrote together, that he was going to be like one of my favorite collaborators of all time. There's just like a freedom in the room with him. So, um, yeah, so I met him online through a friend, um, but he has quickly become like a, a very near and dear collaborator and friends. So, and then my dad, yeah. I, yeah. You, you know, that, that, that's, you know, what that's happened there. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're touring, I mean, that's half, half the job of touring is just driving really not performing. Yeah. What do you guys listen to? What, what's in the car? Are we, are um, we're struggling actually. We have not had any good jams, you know, Corey and Matt, we have two vans. We have too many vans. Cause that was the most affordable um, thing. Too many van rental vans. So Corey and Matt are usually in the other van and they're the ones with like the best music recommendations always and when I when I was thinking about tour I was like I can't wait to get on the road and like hear all the music that they're gonna put on and then they've been in the other van now the whole time it just kind of worked that way what are you guys playing let me so, hear it um, can't you play it yourself I know so sometimes I'm like please send us something um, but no we've been like it's been really dry I'm not gonna lie we've really not hit any gold on what we're listening oh, to no. it's been like some playlists it's been have we have we gotten anything that we've really liked yeah yeah it's so. a podcast you can listen to. It's called Acoustic Alternatives. Hey, you might yeah. discover a new artist or two. <laughs> what did I just do? But that? yeah, I mean, we we just kind of put on some of our like old favorite albums. We've not really found any any new ones recently. So mm-hmm. um, if you got any recommendations, we'll gladly take them. I I will tell you some after the show. How's okay, that? great. Um, all right. So wh- what? kind of um, contractual obligations, I guess, is the way to phrase this. Do you have with Idol? Like, do you have to stay? None. None. You're just because yeah. you were third place. You're like, no. Yeah. So the, the top 24, they all have to sign in, um, to, uh, potentially be like picked up by yeah. the label, uh, before top 24 stuff starts. So everybody's kind of an option. Um, and then the first place person, like both like has to be signed. Um, and then they can pick up 
whoever else they want, um, as long as it's within a certain period. So, uh, but anyway, I am out of that period and I'm not with them. Um, and honestly, I think that was the, the, the best thing for everybody. I'm so glad because from my perspective, like I got everything I could have possibly gotten out of that show and that experience, but I am not like obliged to anything contractually with them anymore. And I'm able to really build out my career the way that I want to and not be in a label situation that just doesn't make sense for either end. I think I've heard from other people, it's actually best to not win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it depends on, like, the the people there are lovely, and it really depends on, you know, like, what your, what your goals are and what your sound is, too. I just don't really, I, I find it to be a little bit more, like, boxy and, like, very, like, commercial- like straightforward and I am not that. And so I just don't, I just don't think that like, I'm a little hard to understand for them. And, um, and I just don't think it would have really like, it just wouldn't have been the right fit. So I am so grateful when I got out of that time period, I was very, very, very happy. And, um, and yeah, it's really now just a game of, of waiting for not waiting, but just like letting the right people, cross paths at the right time for building out my team and just letting it like very organically happen. So in other words, you're not approaching your career any differently than you would if you just have a resume builder on it now. Exactly. Yep. It's a good thing. Yeah. You talk a little bit about, uh, at some point, mental health awareness. I know you had struggled a little yeah. bit with the Belmont thing. Do you plan on using your, we'll use the word celebrity, your celebrity for good? Like you, you have a, an impact you can make because people now know your name. Do you, have you thought about like saying, Hey, I'm Leah Marlene and I'm da, da, da. Is, is there any plan to do anything with mental health awareness? I mean, I think that I just like, I live my life in a very open way. So, um, in terms of just like visibility for that stuff, like I'm very open about it. And I think that is like just a really like great first step for anybody and just like on social media to be a part of that conversation and like humanize a lot of things. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm always a part of that conversation. Um, and then uh, that's like a, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. So if there's like uh, any sort of like nonprofit or something that approaches me for something like that, of course, that's going to like spark something in my mind. And so right now, like I am, there's nothing super intentional that I'm like doing in terms of like, let's fundraise for this or whatever. Okay. Um, because I, I'm just trying to stay afloat, like, yeah. uh, and building out uh, a sustainable career right now. It's really like the, the groundwork season. I mean, it's always going to be the, the groundwork. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's not really been the time yet for me to go like outward in a really big way. But, um, I do small things here and there. And obviously I'm always a part of the conversation and hope to do a lot more with it in the future. Since you've had the opportunity to be sort of judged and mentors by successful singer songwriters, have you ever put yourself into the position where you thought, I'd like to do that someday. I'd like to help other musicians. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That's my dream. I mean, even when I was at Belmont, some of my professors, like I was like, I would love to be in this position. I have always thought that later on in my career, I, I really want to be in a position to like help develop people or just guide people that I really believe in. And, um, I think that's, what's really cool about the music industry is you can have like 
10 billion different jobs by the time you're done with your career. You can be uh, on the business side. Like I can be an artist and then I could be a, like A&R if I wanted to be for sure. a label. And then I could be like a mentor or I could be a professor or I could, there's so much that you can do in this industry and you don't have to stay in one place forever. And I, without a doubt, will definitely um, be in some sort of position of like mentorship or just helping like younger artists um, when I am older, because like that's, that is so life-changing and it's really, really, really hard being an independent artist, you know, at this stage, it's a lot of work and you give everything and sometimes don't get anything back. And uh, I just want to be there to encourage people. Um, so yeah. Very good. Would you like to do one more song? Yeah. Introduce it. Okay. Let me figure out what I should do. Um, I think I'm going to do this song called Flashes. Um, I haven't played any like rockin' songs because my voice is not ready for it. Uh, so this is like a little bit of a, um, a bridge to that. But um, I'm trying to, I haven't played this without the band. So you might see me uh, figure some things out off the top of my head here. But um, here we go. I'm just making sure. All right. Passes quicker every day So much of it looks the same Steady as an April rain This house can't keep the water out Tread and won't part the clouds There's no two ways around it
guest today on Acoustic Alternatives, figuring some stuff out. Yeah. Flashes? Yeah. Flashes. Thank you so much for doing uh, these new songs and giving me a chance to learn a little bit more about you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. You've, you've consciously chose to not use your last name so you could like, get into hotels with us. Like, well, you know, that was actually, my mom started a YouTube channel for me when I was like eight. Oh, okay. No, on MySpace when I was like eight. And then a YouTube channel shortly after. And she was the one that was like, we're going to do Leah Marlene and not Leah Grayen. So, uh, yeah. That works. Okay. It just stuck. And why are you so giggly? Which is a great thing. I love <laughs> I mean, you're being around me is bringing, you know, me joy just because Good. You're um, You've always been that way? Yeah, I, I think... I think the shift like really happened in like seventh or eighth grade, which is kind of weird, but I think I've always been that way. But you know, like you're kind of angsty in your teens and all that. Yeah. Um, and I think that I was kind of trying on a new person every day in, in sixth and seventh grade. And then by the time I got to eighth grade, I think I, I, I hit my head uh, too much in hockey and I had um, a really like prolonged concussion that really kind of like ruined my life in eighth grade and it was like that moment where I was like I'm going to just it gave me a lot of respect for what a lot of people go through that you never know about that was like my first time really like realizing wow like some people are going through stuff that you never even know yeah. and so um that's kind of when the shift happened where I was like I'm just gonna like be so nice to everybody because I'm really going through it and nobody knows that I'm going through it and they're probably really going through it and I wouldn't know and um yeah I've not really thought about that but I think that's really when the shift happened and um and yeah it's just way more fun to be this way so <laughs> And what's the best place for people to find out more about you? Uh, if you just put my name, Leah Marlene, into your your preferred social media, or if you want to go to my website, um, all my social media is mainly under Leah Marlene Music. My website is leahmarlene.com. My Spotify is just under Leah Marlene and all that stuff. So just search my name. You'll find me. I also have a Patreon um, if you want to be a part of that community, also under Leah Marlene. So. I'll put some of those links in the uh, video and the audio for this. And again, thank you so much for spending time with me. Good luck on your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we cross paths again. Me too. All right. Acoustical alternatives again from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Big thanks to them for giving me a home to do something I love doing. It's exposing people to music that they might not otherwise be hearing, uh, getting a chance to learn more about these musicians. Check them out. There's been about uh, 55 other episodes. They've been doing this for a while. So if you enjoyed it, please share and uh, have a great week.